Is coronavirus a pandemic or a dem panic? Should we lather ourselves in hand sanitizer to keep Kung flu away? Or is the left-wing media blowing the Wuhan virus out of proportion? We will examine the facts as well as many other funny names for the public health crisis. Then Kamala Harris endorses a man she considers a vile racist. Hillary Clinton refuses to endorse anybody. And MSNBC's Brian Williams teams up with New York Times editorial board member Mara Gay to fail at basic arithmetic. All that and more. I'm Michael Knowles, and this is The Michael Knowles Show. Everyone is freaking out over the Wu flu. South by Southwest has been canceled. This is the biggest, uh, one of the biggest pop culture events of the year in the United States. Uh, it's wreaking havoc on all sorts of conferences, speeches, public events. Italy now is quarantining 16 million people. And what's even tougher for Italy is they're quarantining people in their most economically productive region. So they're, they're uh, quarantining people in Lombardy, which is where Milan is. So they're uh, quarantining Venice, right? Some of the most famous cities in Italy. Uh, Rome has stopped all public masses. Imagine that. You have the heart of the Catholic Church in the most Catholic country in the world. No masses during Lent. Nobody can go to a public mass. That's just what's going on around Italy. What, what else is going around? It is wreaking havoc on flights. Everybody's freaking out. People are going out and buying all sorts of Purell, which is selling for like $100 a bottle. They're to, to buy paper towels and toilet paper is very difficult. So is this real? Is this real or is it a panic? Let's look at some of the numbers. The outbreak in Italy at this point is nearly the size of the outbreak in South Korea. Okay, and South Korea had a really pretty broad spread and, and uh, epidemic. Even so, 16 million people quarantined, half of Italy is shut down. There have only been 7,300 cases. There have been 366 deaths. So even with the country grinding to a halt, we're talking about a relatively small number of cases. The outbreak in South Korea right now is tapering off. So it was exploding. Now it's slowing down. Same thing is happening in China. It was exploding. Obviously, that's where it began. And now it's slowing down. China quarantined 60 million people. All right, that's a lot of people. So around the world, you've got 110,000 infections so far. You've got 3,800 deaths so far. Most of those have been in China. Three quarters of the cases have been in China, right? So even when we're thinking about this, I think the way the media is portraying it, it seems like, you know, every third person on earth is dropping like flies because of this pandemic. Really, we're talking about very, very few cases. I mean, if you think of just just 110,000 people, that's, that's a small town. That's the size of South Bend, Indiana, where Mayor Pete Buttigieg uh, runs the show, right? So 3,800 deaths. What is the death rate? Well, we're getting different numbers. Some people are saying it's higher than this. Some people are saying it's lower than this. But one number that keeps cop popping up is 1.6% death rate. But that doesn't tell you the whole story. Right now, if you look at it by age, you get a much better picture. For people under 40, reports show that this is no worse than the flu. You get the flu, the flu comes around every year, no big deal. For people 40 to 49, 
it's a little bit worse than the flu. For people 50 to 59, it's a little bit worse than that. For people 60 plus, now you're getting into a little more of a danger zone. It's considerably worse than the flu. Still though, not, you know, going to wipe out a whole generation. When you get to 70 plus, that's when you get to a one in 10 chance of death. So that is pretty serious, right? Now, the fact that when you get to 70 plus is when it really starts to take off is why the overall death rate has been skewed up to 1.6%. Some people are saying it's higher, but what do we know? Now, that's just the threat to personal health. The other part of this problem, if we're trying to figure out if the Dems and the media are just making everybody panic for nothing or if this is real, is the effect of, of the Wuhan virus on health systems. So if everybody gets chop fluey all at once, then that's going to overwhelm the health systems. It's going to overwhelm hospitals and more people will die than otherwise would. So that's going to cause the death rate to tick up. Not because the virus got any worse, but because there aren't enough beds in the hospital, because there aren't enough doctors to go around, because everybody's getting sick all at the same time. So what should we do? Step one, remain calm. Whenever the media are trying to get you excited and agitated, you know the first thing you have to do, remain calm. You are very unlikely to face serious harm from the sweet and sour sicken. Okay, it's very unlikely. The government, however, should overreact. So, you know, we've been hearing conveniently, you always would hear this from the left, that that the Trump administration is botching this, they're failing, they're putting everybody at risk, right? They would have said that regardless of what the Trump administration had done. The Trump administration appointed the number two person in America, the vice president, to lead the task force, and that's still not good enough for the left-wingers. So the government is, is overreacting right now. That's a good thing. The government needs to overreact to quell fears, public fears and economic fears. There is a far greater risk of problems if everybody freaks out and starts hoarding and overwhelming the healthcare system and tanking the economy. Then you could get into a, a troublesome situation. So I think it's good that the Trump administration is overreacting. Also, is this a Dem panic? Yes. The Democrats are obviously exploiting this for political purposes. The media are obviously exploiting this for their own political advantage. How do we know that? We'll get to that in a second. First, I got to thank our friends over at Fairway Meat Market. Fairway is a family-owned grocery chain that's been in business since 1938. Fairway's premium beef and all-natural pork is raised by family farmers and hand-cut by a highly experienced team of Fairway butchers. From ribs to ribeyes, pork chops, beef tenderloin, this stuff is really, really good. Their certified Duroc Heritage pork is crafted in small batches by Midwest Family Farms, making it the most succulent pork you have ever tasted. I had some, I had the pork just about a week ago, and it was fabulous. It was excellent, excellent pork. And then I made myself a New York strip steak from Fairway about two nights ago, and it was sweet as well. It was really, really, really good. Fairwaymeatmarket.com. Also gives you free access to recipes. This week, my listeners get the Heartland package valued at $230 for just $99.99, plus free shipping when entering Knowles at checkout. The Heartland package includes eight eight-ounce all-natural Duroc boneless pork chops, six eight-ounce USD choice ribeye steaks, one mouth-watering side dish loaded potato bake, gourmet cheesy corn, or brisket baked beans. That's more than 50% off the best meat in America, plus free shipping. Fairwaymeatmarket.com, promo code Knowles. Look for the Heartland package. That's fairwaymeatmarket.com, promo code Knowles. Look for the Heartland package. Yeah, they're, uh, obviously the media are exploiting this for political purposes. 
we'll see why in just one second. But even before we see all their reasons for it, just remember, you can't trust the media. Okay. They've lied to us repeatedly. They will do anything they can to reduce Trump's chances at reelection. Look at how they have handled news coverage for just the last three and a half years. Forget even before that. They've made things up out of whole cloth. The Russia collusion hoax. The, do you remember ABC News when, when Trump was uh, rearranging some forces in the Middle East and he was pulling some troops out of Syria? They, they ran footage showing the Turks bombing our greatest ally ever, the Kurds, and this was devastating and was meant to make Trump look terrible. The video was from a gun show in Kentucky two years ago. It wasn't even from this year, and it wasn't, certainly wasn't from Syria. That's what we get from the mainstream media. So please forgive me if I'm a little skeptical of, uh, of their coverage. So what should you do? You should use common sense, which is something that the mainstream media certainly will not tell you, but it is the best advice in times like these. The way I know that this is, I'm not saying the Wuhan virus is nothing. I'm saying you should take a lot of precautions. But the way I know that this is at least in part a Dem panic is that the Dems are panicking about so many other things too. Mostly the fact that their chances of winning the presidency in 2020 are dropping every single day. The establishment of the left has coalesced right now around Joe Biden, right? So they're all coming together. Cory Booker, just when I woke up this morning, he sent out a tweet about how important it is. We got to endorse Joe Biden, right? Cory, I forgot Cory Booker was even running in the race at one point. Every single day, however, Joe Biden seems less and less lucid. And, and the left, are, they're spinning up as many narratives about this as they can, but it's pretty clear. Joe is losing his marbles. We saw this the other night. Joe was at a campaign event. He forgot Barack Obama's name. We have a conversion on the road to Damascus. Because now you say, by the way, are you going to stick with the president on the following president, the last guy on this issue? And just start naming them, whatever it is. President, uh, uh, the last guy, president last guy. I don't think that's what his name was. So that was one event. Now people are going to write this off. They'll say, oh, Joe, he just changed his train of thought. Look, he was just going, it makes it easier to relate to people. Start about the last guy. It's no big deal. You're looking too far into it. No, he forgot his name. How do I know that Joe Biden forgot Barack Obama's name? Because he did it again. Because they invaded another country and annexed a significant portion of it called Crimea. Right. He's saying that it was President, my boss, it was his fault. You're going to tell me that that, he just changed his mind? He was just actually changing the way he spoke? No, he forgot the guy's name. It was President, uh, my boss. President, my boss? Look, this would be bad if anybody in the country forgot the last president's name. It's especially embarrassing for Joe Biden, who, who worked for the guy for eight years as his vice president. So he's clearly forgetting names, as happens to people as they get a little bit older. Usually they're not running for president at the time. But then he didn't just forget his former employer's name, former president. He's also forgetting his own name. We're going to unite this party and unite this country. So folks, 
long-nominated Democrat, a lifelong Democrat, a proud Democrat, an Obama Democrat. Join us. If you want to nominate an Obama Democrat, I think Joe Biden just made Barack Obama much more Irish than he was. Oh, Biden. Barack Hussein Biden. Hello, how are you all doing? Hey, hey. Uh, not good. Not a good look. If it were just once, you could forgive it. If it were just even twice, you could. This is in keeping with a pattern, all right? And Joe Biden is showing signs of decline. And now we're going to notice all of those signs of decline much more. It's amazing the way that the left treats the legacy of Ronald Reagan. All right, Ronald Reagan Throughout his presidency, he had maybe the quickest wit of any president we've had, possibly other than Donald Trump. That guy's pretty quick on his feet, too. He turned the economy around, gave us 25 years of prosperity. He won the Cold War, right, in the latter days of his presidency, held intense one-on-one negotiations with Mikhail Gorbachev. And they say he was demented. He was senile. He had Alzheimer's at the end of his presidency. They insist on that. Any left-wing documentary, biography of Ronald Reagan will talk about how he was showing signs of, of decline at the end of his presidency. Joe Biden is showing way clearer signs of decline at, before his presidency, before he even gets to a general election to try to win the presidency. Obviously, total hypocrisy here, a complete double standard. It's not even just on the names. It's on basic facts. It's on basic policy. We'll get to that in a second. First, I got to thank our friends over at Keeps. Speaking of what happens when we get older, do you know that two out of three guys will experience some form of male pattern baldness by the time they're 35? They will. Listen, I'm not exactly a hulking Adonis of a man. One thing that's always kept me in good stead with the ladies, nice head of hair. With today's advancements in science, Keeps offers proven treatments that can combat the symptoms of hair loss and help you keep the hair you have at half the cost of your local pharmacy. But the key here is prevention, okay? Keeps is up to 90% effective at reducing and stopping further hair loss. So the sooner you start using Keeps, the more hair you'll save. You got to act fast. If you are ready to take action right now and prevent hair loss, and it's up to you, you can do it. You've just got to take that first step. You go to keeps.com slash Michael. M-I-C-H-A-E-L. You will get your first month of treatment free. Consider that my gift to you. That is K-E-E-P-S dot com slash Michael. Keeps. Go over. Check it out now. So he's forgetting names. He's forgetting who he used to work for. He's also getting really basic facts completely wrong. You remember in one of the recent debates Joe Biden was arguing with Bernie Sanders about gun control. And he made the claim that since 2007, guns have killed 150 million Americans. That is half the country. 150 million people have been killed since 2007 when Bernie voted to exempt the gun manufacturers from liability. More than all the wars, including Vietnam, from that point on. You think that the media are trying to scare people with the Wuhan virus. Joe Biden saying guns are going to kill half of the country. Of course, not true. Didn't happen. Completely ridiculous. Right? We, would, we wouldn't have a country anymore if half the people dropped dead over the course of a decade and a half. Uh, some leftists are trying to blame this on Joe Biden's childhood stutter. I kid you not. Because they realize the only thing they have, the only arrow in their quiver, is identity victimhood politics. 
And Joe Biden is many things, but he's not a victim, right? Even according to their own identity politics pyramid of victimhood, he's like the least victimized person on earth. He's a straight white man who's old, who's had political power for 50 years, right? There's no way to to paint this guy as a victim. So what they're doing now is saying that if you make fun of Joe Biden, if you tell any jokes about him, if you suggest, let's say you're not even making fun of him. You're just saying, gosh, maybe this guy shouldn't be on the campaign trail since he can't remember his own name. If you say that, what you're really doing is making fun of him for his childhood stutter. So they're saying it's all because of this childhood stutter. Uh, it's not that he's, he's cognitively declining. It's just a speech thing. Uh, where was this childhood stutter for the past 40 years? If this is a childhood stutter that just conveniently and suddenly reappeared, uh, why is it reappearing? It doesn't like it, they're speaking as though we don't know who Joe Biden is. <laughs> you know, they're speaking as though we've we've never seen him before. Joe Biden has been in the public eye for a very long time, and he wasn't talking like this five years ago, or ten years ago, or fifteen years ago. He's talking about this now because he's obviously declining. By the way, how does a childhood a childhood stutter cause you to get basic math wrong? How does a childhood stutter cause you to forget your boss's name? How does a childhood stutter cause you to forget your own name? Doesn't, not at all. By the way, I want to remind you, we are going to be taking uh, listener questions during the show. So that's only for Daily Wire subscribers. If you're on the website or the app, write your questions in. We'll take them. We have one right now from LL. Do we all need to pray to the thing for Biden's health? (laughs) It's a a very indicative question. It's a very... illustrative question. Of course we should. We should always pray to the thing. Hopefully we, we can remember the thing's name, but yes, you actually reminded me. I, I would have completely forgotten that Joe Biden dropped the words of the Declaration of Independence, the most famous words in all of American history. We hold these truths to be self-evident. He goes, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men and, and women and uh, you, you know the thing. Is that a, that's a stutter? He was able to say the thing. He just wasn't able to say the words. So my favorite one of these, I think, is uh, Joe Biden apparently calling for the reelection of Donald Trump. I don't know if you saw this over the weekend. President Trump himself tweeted out. Here's Joe. Primary from a campaign that's about negative attacks and the one about what we're for, because we cannot get reelect. We cannot win this reelection Excuse me, we can only re-elect Donald Trump. I agree. You're right. We can only re-elect Donald Trump. It's the only thing to do. And right now, all things being equal, it's the only thing we will do. Was that a childhood stutter when you endorse your opponent? Is that, that's because of a childhood stutter? I don't think so. I think it's because you're forgetting where you are. You know, Joe is not going to be able to do this on his own. This actually ties in to the question of, is the Wuhan virus a pandemic or a dem panic? the whole media apparatus is going to come and circle around Joe Biden. When that video came out of Joe Biden saying, look, the only thing we can do is reelect Donald Trump. A few conservatives tweeted this around. The president tweeted this around. Twitter flagged it as manipulated media. Twitter put this new policy into effect last Thursday defines manipulated posts as any photo, video, or audio that has been significantly altered 
or fabricated. And it said it could remove some of the video if it causes serious harm. It hasn't removed that yet. How is that manipulated? How is that video manipulated? There's no, you know, fabricating what he said. There's no fabricating how he looked or where he was. It's a clip of a video. So on the one hand, nobody thinks Joe Biden is really endorsing Donald Trump, right? We're all just having a little bit of fun because Joe Biden doesn't know how to say his own name anymore. But two, the video itself is not manipulated, right? Where's the manipulation? I guess the manipulation would be that they, they cut it off. Because if you play the video for another five minutes, he says, we, we could elect Donald Trump if we don't, you know, we, if we need to come together. We need to come together and then we won't elect Donald Trump. Something like that. So now Twitter is saying that any video that has an endpoint that they don't like is manipulated video. L- literally every video that has ever been made is manipulated in this way. Because videos don't go on forever. They're not infinite. If any video has a beginning and an endpoint, it is by this definition manipulated. So is Twitter going to start taking down all the left-wing videos? I guess it would be every video, right? Because every video begins and ends somewhere. Mm, something tells me they won't. Something tells me they're going to use this completely vague new policy only to attack conservatives. Th- this is maybe the most egregious expansion of their censorship policy I've seen yet. To say that if the the left does this all the time, whenever we catch them on videotape being complete degenerates, they, you know, whenever we catch Planned Parenthood saying that they buy and sell body parts and they want to buy Lamborghinis, you know what they say? They say, oh, it's a selectively edited video. And then the right comes in and says, no, what do you mean it's selectively edited? Here's the whole video. We just click record and then it goes on to the end. They said, no, it's selectively edited. You didn't get before or after. Yeah, I couldn't film forever. I, you know, I can't film the whole time. But here it is on video. They say selectively edited. Now, Twitter is taking that up as well. This is why, I mean, this is why we can't know whether big issues raised in the media, whether it's Wuhan virus or some political question, whether it's real or not. Because none of these people are honest brokers of information. They all have an interest in and an ability to warp the news to push their own propaganda. They are desperate. Nowhere is this clearer than in the endorsements and lack of endorsements that are coming in for Joe Biden from the Dem establishment. There's really, really pathetic. We'll get to that in a second. First, I got to thank our friends over at Raycon. Oh man. First of all, if you are still using earbuds, headphones that have wires, you are living in another civilization. We have, there is very little we have in common. I don't even know how to relate to your life experience. It is 2020. You need to get a pair of wireless earbuds. And unlike some of your other wireless options, Raycon earbuds are both stylish and discreet. No dangling wires or stems. As Drew says, they don't make you look like a bug. Raycon just released their best model yet. The E25s. They're really cool. Six hours of playtime, seamless Bluetooth pairing, more bass, and a more compact design that gives you a nice noise isolating fit. No wireless earbuds look better than Raycon's. The sound quality is superb. And best of all, they don't gouge you on the price. They're a very fair price. Get 15% off your order at buyraycon.com slash Knowles, K-N-W-L-E-S. That's buyraycon.com 
facebook.com slash Knowles, K-N-W-L-E-S, for 15% off Raycon wireless earbuds. Buyraycon.com slash Knowles. So the way that you know that the Democrat establishment is settling for Joe Biden, the way you know that they don't feel that good about it, is the lack of energy in their endorsements. So they tried to avoid it, right? They tried to avoid endorsing Joe Biden. They tried to pick anybody else. Is it going to be Pete? Is it going to be Elizabeth Warren? Is it going to be, no, they all flopped. Now it seems inevitable and they're still dragging their feet. Finally, yesterday, Kamala Harris, who we also forgot ran for president at one point, she endorsed Joe Biden in the lamest, most reluctant way I think I've ever heard. You guys to know because you've been supporting me for so long and um i just wanted you guys to know i have decided that i am with great enthusiasm going to endorse joe biden for president of the united states i believe in joe i really believe in him and i have known him for a long time one of the things that we need right now is we need a leader who really does care about the people and who can therefore unify the people and i believe joe can do that um, I am supporting Joe because I believe that he is a man who has lived his life with great dignity. Um, he is a, a, a public servant who has always worked for the best of who we are as a nation. And we need that right now. There is so much at stake in this election, guys. So join me in supporting Joe and let's get this done. Uh, let's support Joe. Let's just join me. Uh, we're going to support Joe. She looks like she's in a hostage video. She's up against this white brick wall, very stark lighting. Cameras making weird sounds. The, sh- the lighting is awful. I mean, the shadows are really bad. And she's there. Like, who's she trying to convince? Yeah, I, I really like Joe. No, I think he's really great. Uh, he's good and he'll be good. And so let's endorse him. Kamala Harris, if you will recall, all the way back to those early uh, Democratic 2020 debates, started her campaign by saying that she wasn't accusing Joe Biden of racism and then immediately accusing Joe Biden of racism. In this campaign, we've also heard, and I'm going to now direct this at Vice President Biden, um, I do not believe you are a racist. And I agree with you when you commit yourself to the importance of finding common ground. But I also believe, and it's personal, and I was actually very, it was hurtful, to hear you talk about the reputations of two United States senators who built their reputations and career on the segregation of race in this country. And it was not only that, but you also worked with them to oppose busing. And, you know, there was a little girl in California who was part of the second class to integrate her public schools. And she was bused to school every day. And that little girl was me. Oh, Kamala, what a tangled web we weave when we hurl accusations of bigotry to deceive. So what she's talking about there is that Joe Biden had, had bragged about his ability to work with people he disagreed with. Specifically, he was talking about two Southern segregationist Democrats, uh, Mississippi Senator James Eastland 
and Georgia Senator Herman Talmadge. And he said, look, we disagreed, but I was able to work with them on specific legislation and get things done. And then Kamala twisted this and said, Joe works with segregationists. Joe is a racist. Joe's a terrible guy. She twisted it. What he was saying, which was actually the opposite, for a cheap political point. There is a political lesson in here, which is don't call people bigots unless you mean it. One, because it's wrong. It's really wrong to do that. I mean, in America today, just in the pop culture, the worst thing you can possibly be called is a racist. And she, she just does it willy nilly. I'm not calling you a racist, Joe, but you're definitely a big racist. I mean, the left does this all the time. It's not just Kamala Harris's problem. So that's the one reason, the moral reason not to do it is it's wrong. The personal reason not to do it is you look very foolish if you use the cheapest political trick you've got, call the other guy a racist, and then the race doesn't turn out your way and you end up having to endorse the racist. Because <laughs> that's what that's what she did. It's, I think, part of the reason why she looked so reluctant in that endorsement video. She says, oh, gosh, what I know I look like a fool. What was I thinking? Now, Kamala Harris at least dragged herself and was able to go and endorse him. There's one very prominent member of the Democratic Party who just hasn't been able to do it yet. And this probably is the biggest threat we've seen so far to Joe Biden getting that Democratic nomination. We will get to that in a second. We will get to Bernie's big problem, and we will get to Brian Williams of MSNBC and Mara Gay of the New York Times failing at basic arithmetic. But first, I've got to say goodbye to Facebook and YouTube. And right now, we're offering 25% off all Daily Wire membership plans when you use coupon code NEVERSOCIALIST. It's important you remember that code, just like it's important that Joe Biden remembers the Declaration of Independence or his boss's name or his own name, because we're approaching the end of this offer and you will want to act fast. You get everything. You get inside op-eds from Ben Shapiro. You get exclusive access to ask questions. You get the leftist ears tumbler. You get everything. 25% off Daily Wire memberships for all plans using coupon code NEVERSOCIALIST. Head on over to dailywire.com slash subscribe. Remember, this is the last week this deal will be available, so act now before it's too late. Dailywire.com slash subscribe. We'll be right back with a lot more. All right. A listener question from J.H., Hey, Michael, how can the left even stand on its stance of abortion and at the same time scream that we can't have milk products? The reason that the left is advocating for the environment or animal rights or the milk thing, that's the new leftist uh, political cause du jour, is that we can't drink milk anymore, is not because it will help anybody. It won't help the earth. It won't help the cows. It won't help anybody. It's so that it will hurt you. That's what you have to understand. People are always confused. How can a vegan be in favor of abortion? Right. It doesn't make sense if you think of this as a way to save a human baby or less important, save a little cow or save a little pig or something. That doesn't make any sense if you look at it from the perspective of preserving life. But if you look at it from the perspective of hurting yourself, doing penance, atoning for your sins, then it makes a whole lot of sense. Normal people have religion. We have regular religion. We're aware that we are broken, that we have a fallen nature, that we sin often, and we have fallen short of the glory of God. And we need to make some sort of 
atonement for that. We need to have a little bit of penance. We need to confess our sins. We have to acknowledge them. You know, when you go to mass, when you go to uh, not just Catholic, but other, other uh, services too, you say, I've sinned through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault, and you strike your breast, right? You're just a little reminder that you've, you've done something wrong and you're taking some penance for that. The left doesn't have regular religion, but they still have all the religious longings of people. They still know that they've fallen short of the glory of God. They still know that they're imperfect, so they have to do penance. So for them, uh, in this case, it would be animal rights. You could call it global warming, whatever. They institute policies that won't help anything, but it will hurt them. So the milk problem, right? If they uh, just abstained from eating meat, if they just did that alone, that would obviously do a lot more to help the animals than, uh, than not drinking milk. Actually, cows hurt when you don't milk them. But not drinking milk, not eating cheese, not having yogurt, not eating ice cream, right? That's a, that's a deeper punishment than just abstaining from, from certain meat products. It's the same thing with the plastic straws. The plastic straw does not do anything, right? It is, it is a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of a scintilla of an iota of a fraction of plastic pollution. It doesn't matter at all. But we feel it. When we go to the coffee shop and they won't give us our straw and they give us that stupid paper thing that dissolves and then we start chewing on paper, we feel that and we feel sorrow for our own sin of pollution. That's what it's all about. It's just about hurting them. If they got regular religion, they wouldn't have to do all this weird stuff. Getting back to 2020. So Kamala Harris endorses Joe Biden reluctantly. Cory Booker endorses Joe Biden on Twitter. One Democrat doesn't want to endorse Joe Biden. That would be our future, our, our former future president, Hillary Rodham Clinton, who was on Fareed Zakaria's show. She was asked about Bernie Sanders. She attacked Bernie Sanders. She said, Bernie wouldn't be the right choice for the party. Logical next question. Does that mean you're endorsing Bernie? Does that mean you're endorsing Biden rather? She will not agree to it. This is the Democratic nominee. Will you campaign for him? I will support the nominee of the Democratic Party. But will you campaign for him? I don't know if he would ask me to campaign for him, Fareed, because I have no idea what he is uh, thinking about for a general election campaign. As I've said many times, I do not think he's our strongest uh, nominee against Donald Trump. Is that uh, an endorsement of Joe Biden? I'm not endorsing. Uh, There's nobody left. Well, I, mean, I guess that's true. There isn't anybody here. left. That's right. I'm not endorsing. Uh-uh. What this screams to me, is that Democrats, most of all Hillary, are still holding out hope that there will be a different nominee. And probably in Hillary's mind, that nominee would most likely be Hillary. I'm not saying that that's going to happen. I'm not saying that they think that's going to happen. I'm saying they're holding out hope. If Hillary Clinton did not think somewhere in the way, way back of her absolutely sociopathic limitless ambition mind. If she didn't think there was some chance that she could get this nomination through some crazy series of events, she would just endorse Joe Biden. There are two candidates left. It's Joe Biden. It's Bernie Sanders. She said Bernie Sanders would be the wrong choice, so she should endorse Joe Biden. Right? This is different than Obama not endorsing Biden. For Obama, he doesn't want to irritate the Bernie bros. He doesn't want to be on the losing side. He doesn't want to be on the wrong side of history. He's totally concerned about his legacy and who will be the heir to his legacy. 
That's why he's refraining from commenting at all about this election. Hillary's already out there. Hillary's already said Bernie would not be the best choice. Bernie would be weak. Nobody likes Bernie. That's what she said the other day. She ran a campaign against Bernie. All right. Her antipathy to Bernie and the Bernie bros is clear as day. So there's no reason not to endorse Joe Biden, except that maybe she's hoping someone else will walk into that contested convention and walk out with the nomination. And oh gosh, wouldn't that be just wonderful? Because there's increasing evidence, by the way, that Bernie Sanders is not even going to put up the sort of fight that we expected him to. Two weeks ago, we thought Bernie Sanders was going to run away with this nomination. Remember, he was in the lead, in the delegate lead. He was winning all the early states. And then he hit that Joe Biden firewall in South Carolina. And then he hit Super Tuesday and he started to drop. Why did he drop? The main story we've been told is because he can't get minority voters. That's true. The other problem is that his base doesn't show up to the polls. His base turns out a bunch of like unemployed college kids who smoke pot all day. Turns out not the most reliable voters. I know, shocking. (laughs) So Bernie Sanders has been relying on the youth vote coming out and supporting him in droves. Trouble is they're staying home. So in California, right? California, Bernie Sanders wins it. Young voters helped him, but voters under the age of 30 made up just 11% of the electorate, according to exit polls. Then another 35% were between 45 and 64 and 30% were 65 and older. So Bernie even had to acknowledge that his young voter strategy is failing. He said, quote, have we been as successful as I would hope in bringing young people in? The answer is no. North Carolina, another state that Sanders could have won. Joe Biden ended up winning it on Super Tuesday, but Bernie was pretty competitive there. He did not get the young voters to turn out. Young voter turnout was 9%. Very, very weak. So if Bernie's going to turn this campaign around, he's got to expand his base. He's probably not going to be able to do that, which means that Joe Biden, who has now proven the electability argument is still sound, is going to expand his base. He's probably going to do a very good job. The question then becomes, can Joe Biden get across the finish line, win this thing outright, or is there going to be wheeling and dealing at the convention? If there is wheeling and dealing, that's a whole new ballgame. Because, well, Joe Biden might be winning the votes in this very weak primary field. And this was a very weak primary field. A lot of Democratic Party elites don't believe that he's the guy to go up against Donald Trump in 2020. He can't remember his own name. They're not going to tell you that. They're not going to tell you that on the news. They're going to lie to you on the news. But in the They're private studies. That's what they're thinking. And so there is a chance, however small, that another candidate emerges. And boy, would that be hilarious. Now, I've been a little harsh on the mainstream media today. I'm a little harsh on the mainstream media every single day. I've said the reason that you can't really believe them is because they're so hyper-partisan, because they're such liars, because they, they carry water for Democratic candidates. That's true. That's part of the reason why you can't believe them when it comes to something even like maybe their hysteria over the coronavirus. The other reason you can't believe them is because they're not very smart. Now, we think that if you go into the media, you probably went to a fancy school, you've probably read a lot of books, you have a, a fancy suit with a nice necktie on, so therefore, you must be very intelligent. No. No, you don't have to be. Brian Williams of MSNBC and a New York Times editorial board member, Mara Gay, put this myth 
this canard of media intelligence to rest the other day when they described how Mike Bloomberg, who spent $500 million at least on his primary campaign, could have given at least $1 million to every one of the 300 million Americans with that money. Here they are trying to work it out in their minds. You see it as a possibility if he wants to spend a billion bucks beating this guy, he could do it. Absolutely. Um, somebody tweeted recently that um, actually with the money he spent, he could have given every American a million dollars. got it. Let's put it up yeah. on the screen. It, when I read it uh, tonight on social media, it kind of all became clear. Bloomberg spent $500 million on ads, U.S. population $327 million. Uh, don't tell us if you're ahead of us on the math. He could have given each American $1 million and have had lunch money left over. It's an incredible way of putting it. It's an incredible way of putting it. It's true. It's disturbing. It does, it does suggest, you know, what we're talking about here, which is there, there's too much money in politics. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't know if a producer, somebody wrote the segment and then Brian Williams and Mara Gay just derailed it because they couldn't understand it. But the, the pitch is so easy, right? Which is here's this tweet, kind of a funny tweet, says that uh, Mike Bloomberg spent $500 million on his campaign. And so there are three, over 300 million Americans. So he could have given each American, correct answer is like a little over a dollar, right? Dollar 50, right? something like that. He goes, he could have given each and every American a million dollars. And so, so Brian Williams says, now hold on a second if you're ahead of us on the math here. First of all, we're all ahead of you on the math now, Brian Williams. We now know that. But it seemed as though he was going to say, you're ahead of us on the math. Obviously, this tweet doesn't make any sense. These guys got their, their orders of magnitude a little bit off. And anyway, what a silly tweet. Instead, Brian Williams, total straight face, he goes, what an amazing number. And now at this point, you would hope that Ron Burgundy over here would be corrected by his far more intelligent on-air colleague, this woman from the New York Times, right? Except no, because she can't do the math either. So, so she goes, yes, it is ama- it's amazing because it's true. No, it's ama- it, what is amazing is that you people can't do basic math. You are at elite media institutions, MSNBC. Brian Williams is the former anchor of NBC News. Mara Gay, New York Times editorial board, the gray lady, all the news that's fit to print. And then I love it. The, the, it just hits you with that second punchline at the end. She says, and it just goes to show you that there's too much money in politics. No, it shows that there's too much authority placed in the mainstream media. It shows you that we give the, these guys way too much credibility. It doesn't show you that there's too much money in politics. Please, for the last time, New York Times, I know you're watching this. The Mike Bloomberg campaign shows you definitively that there is not too much money in politics. If money in politics were a really, really big problem, then Mike Bloomberg would have been able to buy the presidency. But he didn't. Was not able to do that. Completely wrong conclusion from completely wrong math from very subpar journalists. They don't know how to do basic math. I think there's a problem on the left generally. The left doesn't know the difference between a million and a billion and a trillion. They don't know. They don't understand what zeros do to numbers. I'm not even really being facetious here. I'm not exaggerating too much. 
when Bernie Sanders comes out with a plan for healthcare or for education or whatever, he'll say, I'm plans a hundred trillion dollars. AOC, right? AOC comes up with a plan that was almost $100 trillion called the Green New Deal, $93 trillion plan. At no point does she ask herself, where am I going to get that money? Because in her mind, $93 trillion, $93 billion, $93 million, $93 bucks. Yeah, look, it's all the same. It's got 93 in it. It's all the same. Her plan for how to pay for it would be exactly the same if it were a trillion or if it were a million, even though those numbers are vastly, vastly different. It's the same here. Mike Bloomberg, what they were seeing is Mike Bloomberg spent a lot of money and there are a lot of people. So Mike Bloomberg could give a lot of money to a lot of people. We started off the show asking, is this a pandemic or a dem panic? Should we believe the media hype here? I think most of the media hype is malicious. I think most of the media hype, not just on the coronavirus, but on everything in our politics, is from a place of deep bias and a desire to uh, screw this up for uh, Donald Trump. However, we should never ascribe to malice that which can be equally explained by stupidity. And the mainstream media are showing that every single day. Either way, the conclusion remains the same. Keep calm, listen to honest brokers, read people who you think have a good grasp on things. And, and this is the part the media definitely don't want you to do. Think for yourself. That's our show. I'm Michael Knowles. This is the Michael Knowles show. See you tomorrow. If you enjoyed this episode, and frankly, even if you didn't, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, The Andrew Klavan Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. The Michael Knowles Show is produced by Ben Davies and directed by Mike Joyner. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Supervising producers, Mathis Glover and Robert Sterling. Technical producer, Austin Stevens. Assistant director, Pavel Widowski. Editor and associate producer, Danny D'Amico. Audio mixer, Robin Fenderson. Hair and makeup, Nika Geneva. Production assistant, Ryan Love. The Michael Knowles Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2020. You know, the Matt Wall Show, it's not just another show about, about politics. I think there are enough of those already out there. We talk about culture because culture drives politics and it drives everything else. So my main focuses are life, family, faith, those are fundamental, and that's what this show is about. I hope you'll give it a listen.